What's up, fam, and welcome to the Kitchen Table Podcast. On this episode titled The Shot Clock, I discuss the value of time, and I honor two individuals whose untimely passing is a reminder that while our time is limited, the impact of our purpose and our calling is invaluable. Stay tuned. Some of my fondest memories as a kid are centered around the game of basketball. My dad was a huge Lakers fan and my household grew up huge Lakers fans. And I recall many nights where uh, we'd be driving home from church and my dad would have the play-by-play going on the radio and we're in the back seat half sleep, but still listening to Chick Hearn and Stu Lance. And the moment we made it home, we'd rush into the house to try to catch the last few minutes of the game. And it would be past our bedtime, but our parents would allow us to stay up. My dad had a goatee at the time and kind of resembled Magic Johnson. And to this day, he remains my favorite player ever. As as kids, our parents ensured that uh, we had a court in the backyard to play on. And I remember the first court we had was one my dad made out of a 10-foot aluminum pole and a tire and some cement. And that kind of formed the basis for the rim and backboard. And I'm sure my mom still has some pictures of us playing in the driveway and jumping off of the neighbor's brick wall, attempting dunks and and things that we weren't tall enough or athletic enough to do on our own just yet. And eventually we, we got to a point where we got a legit, a real uh, basketball court. And I remember we'd roll it out to the edge of the driveway and you'd have to fill the base with either sand or water and all of our friends would, would come from, from over in the neighborhood. And just for a few hours each week, our front yard would morph uh, into the Staples Center and we'd engage in some uh, competition of sort. I recall on uh, on Sundays after church getting home and watching Jordan just torch the Pacers or the Knicks. And we'd go in and change our clothes and we'd run down to the local uh, elementary school to play. And those games were always a little more exciting because the rims were shorter and we could dunk and shoot with ease. And even after my parents divorced, I, one of my fondest memories with my dad is him picking us up every other weekend and giving us our allowance. And we go straight to the card shop and we'd spend all of our money. We just got it and we'd spend all of our money on basketball cards and uh, cards I still have today and kind of cherish today. And I remember in sixth grade, I tried out for the school basketball team. And while I I made the team, I eventually quit because my coach told me that my shooting form was wrong. And I'm convinced that (laughs) that if I didn't quit, I'd be a 36-year-old journeyman in in the NBA right now. So to this day, I still hold a a bit of a grudge with, with Coach Neely. But Needless to say, basketball was a sport that I grew up playing and watching, and it was something that even in in the brokenness of our family, uh, I felt like it created a bond for us. And so I was recently doing some reading uh, and found that in 1954, the National Basketball Association uh, introduced the implementation of the 24-second shot clock. And the shot clock is, is a digital clock that displays a number of seconds, and it indicates how much time a team has to to shoot the ball before time expires. The shot clock is different from the game clock, which identifies the amount of time left in a particular quarter. 
There are some intricacies to the rules surrounding the shot clock, but for the purpose of this episode, we'll keep the definition basic. It's been said by many that the implementation of the shot clock saved the NBA back in the 50s. Prior to 1954, there was no shot clock, and the league quickly realized that a lot of the poor play, the, the, the low scoring, the excessive fouls, and the subsequent negative press could be uh, attributed to the fact that there was no shot clock. And teams with the league could ultimately take advantage of this by uh, holding on to the ball for significant amounts of time or by simply passing the ball until uh, the game clock expired. And the league realized that this was a recipe for disaster and it was something that could not continue. Uh, and they realized that the game had turned into a subpar product. Uh, and they attempted many changes and tried uh, different things, but they ultimately settled on uh, implementing the 24-second shot clock in 1954. And ultimately what the introduction of the shot clock did was uh, force teams to strategize. It forced them into a position where they had to at least have an idea of what they were going to do, uh, what play they were going to run before they ever gained possession of the ball. Is this uh, an opportunity for us to drive to the basket? Do we need a three-pointer in this situation? Uh, what do we need to do? It, it, in essence, put them in a position uh, where they were forced to act. No longer could they hold on to the ball for, for several minutes at a time without any penalties or repercussions. So when a team takes possession of the ball, now they'll immediately look towards uh, the direction of their head coach who uh, may call a player, give them some direction, or they'll look to uh, the point guard who's responsible for running the offense because each player is trying to ensure that they're in the right position uh, for their team to execute effectively and within the time frame they've been given. We only have uh, 24 seconds to get rid of the ball, so I need to know exactly uh, where I'm going. I need to know exactly what I'm doing so that uh, as a team, uh, it puts us in the best position to score. And I imagine that, that teams approached each position uh, before 1954 uh, with the mindset that they could take as long as they wanted to before deciding to move. I can imagine that there was no real sense of urgency since there was no no consequence for stagnation. I can imagine that that the game wasn't as attractive or exciting for fans to watch, that uh, there wasn't as many spectacular plays or fast breaks or, or draw-dropping athleticism because of how slow the game was probably played. And the reason for that is because teams weren't really playing to win. They were playing not to lose. And while the outcome of both perspectives may uh, lead you to the same destination, the road you travel to get there is far different. Playing not to lose is based off of fear. Whereas when you play to win, you're fearless, you're, uh, you're competitive, you're driven and, and motivated by what you're trying to obtain. You're, you're not scared of, of what you're losing. Uh, you're hopeful for what you're going to gain by winning. When you play not to lose, you play cautious and, and guarded. And when you play to win, you play with a sense of freedom and ease. The shot clock uh, revolutionized the game of basketball and, and brought about a level of excitement and entertainment that was, that was otherwise missing. It did for the game what talent, skill, and, and natural athletic ability couldn't do. It forced superstars to make a move. And I couldn't help but wonder how many of us have been going through life playing uh, cautious and guarded. 
How many of us approach each new day with this mindset that we can take uh, as long as we want before deciding to make a move? How many of us are going to allow uh, the shot clock of life to expire without ever taking a shot, without ever mustering the courage to go after a goal before uh, the clock strikes zero? How many of us are playing not to lose rather than playing to win? I couldn't help but to uh, think about the parallels between the game of basketball and the game of life. The similarities between achieving more as a team and as a unit than you can individually. The process of, of overcoming adversity and, and enduring hardship, losing uh, but not quitting. And on the contrary, winning uh, but not gloating. Uh, having a coach or a mentor that we can go to that sees things from, from a different angle and, and perspective that provides counsel and guidance. Uh, the similarities associated with uh, the benefits of taking a time out in order to regroup and refresh and reprioritize and to just catch your breath. The advantages of, of playing and strategizing, uh, being prepared at all times because at any time it might be our, our turn to step up. Honing our, our crafts and, and skill sets in order to squeeze the most out of every opportunity that's afforded to us. All examples of, of similarities that we can relate to in both basketball and life. But then I thought about the shot clock and how it can either stoke fear or it can promote courage. How it constantly reminds you that you don't have forever. How it, how it penalizes stagnation and, and encourages productivity. How relevant it is, whether on the court or off. The difference being that in the game of basketball, the shot clock is visible and you're well aware of how much time you have to make a move. While in the game of life, time just seems to expire. The recent and tragic passing of, of Chadwick Bozeman has, has weighed heavy on me for the past few days. And Chadwick was uh, an incredible man, um, had an incredible career, was uh, a believer in Jesus. And uh, it, it's just incredible to look back on his career to uh, see the impact that he had in such a short uh, amount of time. You scroll through through social media and you see um, the joy that he brought to children and uh, the amount of times he would visit hospitals to uh, just bring a little bit of encouragement and hope. And uh, doing all of this all while battling colon cancer uh, himself. And, and after fighting for four years and battling, not secretly, but, but silently, he lost his fight with cancer. And there are so many lessons uh, to be learned from the way he lived and died. How he kept the information regarding uh, his illness to a small group of family and friends and ensured that his world knew what was happening without letting the world know what was happening. How during what I can only imagine were physically and spiritually and emotionally draining visits to uh, the hospital for routine biopsies and chemo and radiation, the, the fatigue and the pain he had to endure over the last four years, yet somehow he endeavored to complete nine films and uh, a tenth one is in pre-production now. But I have to imagine that after, after receiving the diagnosis that a mythical or or an imaginative shot clock started to wind down in his mind.
I can imagine that while he hoped for the best possible outcome and uh, sought world-class doctors and treatments to deal with both the disease and the pain, that in the back of his mind, he was able to hear through all of the applause and, and praise surrounding Black Panther and uh, the pride that he brought to uh, the Black community uh, through the commercial success of Avengers and through his touching performance in The Five Bloods, uh, I can imagine that he was still able to hear the ticking of the shot clock. I can't imagine uh, the sleepless nights and in, in the grueling days. I can't I can't fathom uh, the pain and the cocktail of, of medicine that it took to garner the strength for another uh, world press tour, for uh, all of the interviews he had to conduct, the red carpet appearances and uh, the after parties that he was required to attend. I can't I can't comprehend the faith that it took to have uh, such a public life and, and career while battling something so devastating. But one thing I do know is he didn't allow the diagnosis or his shot clock to produce stagnation. If anything, based off of his body of work, one could argue that it propelled him to uh, embrace his calling and to accomplish as much as he could, not knowing when his shot clock would expire. He was 43 years old and seven years older than, than I am now. And I've asked myself almost every day since the announcement of his passing, what would I be doing differently in life if I knew my shot clock expired at 43? If I had the advantage, so to speak, of knowing how much time I had left, what would I prioritize that I willfully neglected up to this point in my life? What relationships would I rekindle or equally as important, what relationships would I relinquish? What value would I place on material possessions knowing that I can't take any of it with me? How much more intentional would I, would I be about spending quality time with my wife and my children? How quick would I be to pick up the phone to make a call and just to call my mom or my dad rather than uh, spending so much time scrolling through social media posts? How much more willing would, would I be to to share the simple yet powerful message of salvation in, in Jesus Christ without fear of being uh, rejected or ashamed. All questions that, that have played through my mind over and over again since the passing of Chadwick Boseman. It was 11.40 a.m. on Sunday, January 26th, and Zash and I were in church as normal, and uh, she tapped me on my knee to show me something on her phone. And I assumed that she was either uh, wanting to show me something funny or was trying to show me where uh, she wanted to eat or what she wanted to eat after service. Because we always we always needed a game plan on where we were going for lunch after church. And as much as we try to say it was for the sake of the kids, usually it was just us being greedy. Uh, but I, I glanced over at her phone and was completely caught off guard by what I saw on her screen. Had I known what I was about to see, I probably would have looked the other way in hopes of not looking would, would make the news less real. But I looked over and it was breaking news from TMZ reporting that, that Kobe Bryant and eight other individuals on board his helicopter were killed in a crash. 
and to to say that I was stunned would be a, a drastic understatement. And I recall getting up and and walking to the back of the church, and I just kneeled there for a few minutes, just trying to to brace for what I just heard. And I didn't have much time to really kind of process the news because I was on platform this particular Sunday and was going back on stage at any minute to assist with uh, the welcome and announcements and for the, the, the transition out of worship. And I can imagine that if I went back and looked at video from that Sunday, that while I was physically present and while I, I likely had a smile on my face, mentally I was checked out. There was no way uh, at least in my mind, that the great Kobe Bryant was gone that fast. That after nearly playing 20 years of professional basketball at the greatest level, after enduring the, the gruesome injuries, the torn Achilles, the busted right shoulder, the, the, the broken index finger, the torn wrist ligament, the, the, the countless sprained ankles and knees, after the immeasurable amount of hours he put into practice and, and perfecting his craft, the, the laundry list of accomplishments, uh, the five championships, the 18 all-star games, the, the two MVPs for the finals, the one MVP award, uh, and, and the countless other things that he accomplished over his professional career, there was no way that he was going like that. He had given everything he had to to the world and into the game of basketball and and had plans of spending the second half of his life devoting that same energy and effort to his family. And just like that, in a matter of seconds, he was gone. Kobe Bryant's nickname was was the Black Mamba, and he was known for uh, creating and living by the Mamba mentality mantra. The Mamba mentality was uh, a constant quest to be the best version of oneself. And so it, did, it didn't matter if it was a scrimmage game during practice where score wasn't being kept. It didn't matter if it was a, a preseason game that had no bearing on playoff standings or, or home court advantage or seating. It didn't matter if it was game one or game 82 the first game of a playoff series or a closeout game seven on the road, he approached everything that he did with the quest to be the best version of himself. Did he always win? <laughs> Absolutely not. Was he, was he always right? Heck no. Was he the most liked teammate or player in the league? Nope. But his commitment to excellence was admired by everyone. And I can, I can imagine that Kobe retired from the game of basketball thinking that the shot clock had reset, that he had uh, a fresh 24 to accomplish everything off of the court similar to the way that he did on the court. And he was off to a, a tremendous start. He won a Grammy in 2018 for Best Animated Short Film for uh, the work he did with Dear Basketball. He became a champion and advocate for the WNBA and routinely attended games with his daughter Gigi. He coached his daughter's basketball team and instilled the same principles and the same work ethic that propelled him to success in life. And on January 26, his, his shot clock expired. Kobe was 41 years old. Chadwick Boseman and, and Kobe Bryant aren't 
the only two individuals to die this year, obviously, but their tragic and, and untimely deaths have forced me to uh, reconsider how I'm using the time that I've been given. And the reality is that we've all got a shot clock. And the reminder of that should have the same effect on us as it did the NBA in 1954. It should produce some excitement and some, some entertainment. It should compel us to uh, embrace courage and to try even if it means failing. It should eliminate stagnation and, and provoke some productivity in our lives. It should create some uh, opportunities for collaboration and partnerships. It should, it should force us to wake up every day and spend some time praying and talking to God since he knows what plays we need to make anyway. It should encourage us to hone our skills and practice our craft until we've uh, perfected it because we don't know when our window of opportunity will present itself. It should teach us to, to take time out, to regroup and, and refresh and reprioritize and to get some fresh air. And most importantly, it should simply force us to act, to embrace the Mamba mentality and, and embark on a constant quest to be the best version of oneself. We've all got a shot clock. In the Bible, uh, it says in Ecclesiastes 3 that for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. My challenge to you is to from this day forward, start considering your own shot clock not from a place of fear or worry, but from the perspective that you were put on this earth for a specific purpose, that there was something that you were uh, created to accomplish with the reminder that we don't have forever to do it. No one truly knows how much time we have left. So why not go for it? Kobe could have retired from the game of basketball and just relished in his accomplishments. He could have sat back and listened to the debates of those uh, who, who questioned who was the, the greatest basketball player of all time. He could have held on to, to what was and, and remained stuck, but he didn't. Within a matter of months of retiring, he was on the world's biggest stage accepting a Grammy. He was in the, the middle of writing and, and publishing children's books. He was coaching a teenage girls basketball team. He was a vocal supporter of women's professional sports. And while I know that without a shadow of a doubt that he wasn't ready to go, I know that he can look back on his life and say, I didn't hold back. That every day I woke up and aspired to be the best version of myself possible. That I got everything I could out of my possession in life. Chadwick could have informed the world of, of his condition and 
spent the remainder of his life raising awareness for, for colon cancer and receiving an outpouring of empathy and compassion until he passed away. He could have turned down roles and opportunities because of uh, the immense pain and discomfort that he was in. He could have hid in the shadows because of the impact that cancer had on his weight. But he instead gave the world one of the greatest superheroes of all time. He spent the last four years of his life knowing that he was dying, trying to empower others, giving commencement speeches and encouraging graduates to go out and to be great and to face their fears head on. He spent the last few years of his life visiting hospitals and brightening the lives of children who were in the same condition that he was in. May we examine the, the lives of the great Chadwick Boseman and, and Kobe Bryant and never again take for granted the time that we have left before our shot clock expires. Until next time, family. Be blessed.